0: Whitney Morgan is the founder of Morgan Nutrition and is the creator of the Thyroid Reboot Method. She has helped dozens of women with chronic Hashimoto's and other autoimmune conditions bustle through the obstacles, bust through the obstacles, keeping them from the life they want by uncovering the root cause of their symptoms and eliminating their unique triggers. Whitney is a licensed acupuncturist, a functional nutrition, and a certified gluten-free health coach. In addition to her private practice, she serves as a clinical advisor and an instructor for the Association of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioners. You guys, I absolutely loved this conversation with Whitney, and I know you will too. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast podcast where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset, so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. You guys, welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. I have Whitney Morgan with me on the on the call today on the episode, um, and you might hear baby for just a second, but. We're going to be talking about mindset. We're going to be talking about possible triggers when it comes to your thyroid, maybe some trauma in here. We decided we're going to just kind of see where this call goes. So welcome Whitney. Uh, thanks for having me Shannon. Super excited. Yeah. So give everybody a little bit of background as to who you are and what you do. Sure. I am an acupuncturist
1: and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I know that's a mouthful. Um, So I really got on this path because of my own health journey, which started in 1997. I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease. By 2010, I had collected three additional autoimmune diagnoses. So, you know, like a lot of women, I am an autoimmune collector, right? Not something I really aspire to be. Um, And for most of that time, from 1997 to 2010, I was walking a very traditional um, medical path. I I, I come from a family of, of medical practitioners. I. I was raised with a very strong sense of medicine has the answer to everything. So I was seeing specialist after specialist and, um, you know, for years and not really getting anywhere um, and consistently getting the message that, yeah, we don't really know why this happens. There's not a whole lot we can do. Um, You know, hey, we can manage symptoms, those kinds of things. But this is kind of the way your life is going to be. And then. One day I was, I was in the office of my urologist because I, um, one of my diagnoses was interstitial cystitis, which is extraordinarily painful bladder, autoimmune bladder disease. And so most women and men who have this disease, they're in pain 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, it's just excruciating. And so this doctor who was the head of urology. And um, he says to me, you know, this isn't going to kill you, but you'll die with it. And it's going to get worse. Um, There's nothing that can be done. We can try and manage the pain, but you should join a support group. So in that moment, I, that was kind of my rock bottom moment, but it was also, looking back on it now, it was what liberated me from the path that I was on and kind of catapulted me um, towards something else. I didn't know where I was headed, but when I walked out of that office, I knew that I wasn't accepting that. And and actually when when that happened, I I literally felt and heard like every cell in my body scream, no. I mean, it wasn't even Mm. my conscious thought. It was just like my entire being completely rejected that message. And thank goodness it did. Um, And that's when I jumped into naturopathy and homeopathy and Chinese medicine and um, trying to just look at different modalities in the alternative holistic medicine world and applying everything that I was learning to myself. I fell in love with Chinese medicine and decided to go to acupuncture school. So that completely changed my professional trajectory. Uh, once I graduated from acupuncture school, I went to functional diagnostic nutrition certification. And it, to me, um, both of those things are, are kind of doing similar things. You know, yeah. Chinese medicine is one of the original functional medicines out there and what we call root cause uh, medicine and uh, modern functional medicine is that same way too. So being, um, well-versed in both disciplines, both ancient and modern really gave me, I think, a really nice perspective, um, and, and ability to kind of switch back and forth between two different languages, um, because we have to talk about these medicines differently. Um, so in Chinese medicine, there's a lot of, you know, you're really relying on energy medicine, and and, um, you know, it's kind of hard to grasp for a lot of people because the way we talk about dysfunction in Chinese medicine is very different. Um, but in, in functional diagnostic nutrition, we're relying on a lot of data, uh, functional lab tests, hard data. And putting those two things together, uh, for me, really transformed my own health and put me on this path to help other women do the same. And, you know, now, I mean, it was a long road, you know, 1997 to 2010. And it wasn't really until 2013 that I, I feel like I reclaimed my own health. Um, and I wanna shorten that journey for other women. I, yeah. I don't want it to take that long, but now I, I don't have interstitial cystitis anymore. And my Hashimoto's Yay. is in remission. I know um, my celiac disease is in remission and my small intestine is beautiful and healthy and normal. Um, psoriasis is 99% in remission. So these are things that in the conventional world were not possible for me, or at least that's what I was told, but it is possible. And so uh, that's another thing It's like, you know, I'm kind of living proof to the women that I work with that, Hey, you know, we can reverse engineer this. Mm -hmm. Um, it is possible to get better and to reclaim you know, a a relatively normal, healthy, vital life that is
0: symptom-free. Yeah, there's so much I love in this. So while I was pregnant, I, one week I would have a massage done and one week I did acupuncture and one week I would do massage and acupuncture. And I, I mean, I loved acupuncture before, but during pregnancy, it, I'm going to get emotional here. I was not ready and not prepared to have another baby, baby. Number three, the birth was very traumatic for me. Um, And even so I got pregnant and the same month that I got pregnant with my third, I found out my dad had stage four lung cancer. He had a brain tumor. Um, He died literally 30 days from his diagnosis to the day of his death. And which that anniversary is getting ready to come up here very quickly and i was not in the headspace of wanting to have another baby because i was so much in this trauma state yeah. that i was like i can't even handle this <laughs> you know and i like i have three beautiful kids you know like everything was great and so when i found out i was pregnant with this one i had a little bit of oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to run my business? I don't want to do this again. I'm scared. I'm, you know, like how is life going to look? And I really believe that the acupuncture has helped me in a lot of ways emotionally, and then also preparing my body to give birth again. Um, It was my fastest labor. So from start (laughs) to finish, it was five hours, which my other ones were 30 hours. So it was amazing for me. I, <laughs> and I, I really blame it on preparing my body in that emotional state and then also physically and nutritionally and all of those things. Sure. So um, that part, and then also I hope all of the listeners heard <laughs> that your autoimmune conditions are going into remission or they are in remission is a better word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from a lot of the women, I'm going to have this forever. Yes, you're going to have it forever, but you don't have to deal with the symptoms of it. You know, you're always going to have to be mindful. So maybe, maybe you can share a little bit about what does remission look like in autoimmunity?
1: Sure. I I think it looks, well, it depends on where you're starting from, um, how much tissue destruction has taken place um, you know, where you are on that journey. So for instance, interstitial cystitis, I don't even put that on my medical history anymore. It is not in my body. I don't consider it being in remission. It is, it is gone. It is, Mm -hmm. there is no way it will ever come back. And I believe that with every cell in my body. And I know that that is true. So, um, you know, I can't, I can't say, Hey, I can cure that, but I, I am cured of that. That is gone. Um, Hashimoto's is in remission. I'm completely asymptomatic. And so for women out there who have been living with Hashimoto's for a long time, you know, the pattern is you have good days and bad days and, and, you know, you have energy one day and then the next day you hit the wall and, and you're fatigued and you can't get through the day um, or you're, you know, you have bouts of constipation and you have no libido and, you know, you're gaining weight and you can't lose it and you can't um, recover from exercise. And, and it, it kind of goes up and down and up and down, but you're always plagued with symptoms. That's, that's you know, and, and so I think we get into this this rut of like, this is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. But I can absolutely say, yeah, for me, um, Hashimoto's remission means that, yes, I'm on a small amount of thyroid hormone replacement. And yes, I have to avoid those things that I know are triggers for me. And as long as I do those things, I have no low thyroid symptoms. I have no Hashimoto symptoms. So that's what remission means to me, being symptom free. and the same with celiac disease, it's like, I, you know, as long as I avoid gluten, um, and I maintain um, a healthy gut lining, I am completely um, normal, you know, I I, I feel like the non celiac population, I, I have the same type of life as any non celiac person. So, um, you know, I think that that for most women, the most important way to think about remission is how can I live where 90% of my time I am symptom free? You know, if, if you can say that, you know, that 90% of the time you, you just feel normal and healthy, then you know there's that 10% that's all you're always going to get hit if you come down with a cold or you have a big stressor in your life like a divorce or a death in the family or something like that um that's enough to trigger a small flare but those flares will pass and mm-hmm. um so i consider that a success if you say okay yeah 90% of the time i'm good
0: and that's totally doable yeah Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love that you shared, you may experience flares, but so a lot of my clients with Hashimoto's, they will experience flares a couple times a month, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, let's even say 50%, 25%, 30% of their life where, and, and they're long lasting, right? They come and they last for days, weeks, months at a time, instead of, maybe these small spurts of, um, flares when you're under a lot of stress, or maybe you haven't slept a lot or yeah. something is happening in your world that is, that is triggering that. Um, I did have a question for you about gluten-free, cause I feel like this is a hard transition for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and having celiac, how was that transition for you in, being diagnosed with celiac and then going, you're, you're half, I have, you have to be a hundred percent gluten-free, right? That's right. With celiac. That's right. So forever. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yep. yep. So how was that transition and what kind of mindset work did you have to do to get there? Or was that an easy thing for you? You know, I, I was fortunate. It was extraordinarily
1: easy because that was the last diagnosis I got. And by the time that I, they found my celiac disease as a fluke. We weren't looking for it. I'm a I'm a silent celiac, meaning I don't have any digestive issues when I consume gluten. That's not how it manifests for me. For me, um, my my celiac symptom was panic attacks and anxiety, and that's not uncommon actually. So, um, so by the time that I got my celiac diagnosis, I was already walking this alternative. Health pathway. And I had been trying things like the body ecology diet and um, paleo. And so it's not that I was ever intentionally going gluten-free, but I was experimenting with therapeutic diets that were just naturally gluten-free or grain-free. And so I would get better. I mean, so much, so much would improve. So when I got my celiac diagnosis, one, I already had experience living a gluten-free lifestyle because I was paleo or I was doing body ecology, right? It wasn't a huge stretch. Two, I had enough knowledge about autoimmunity and how autoimmune diseases are all connected Mm -hmm. and kind of originate from the same place. And when, when my, when my GI doc, when I woke up from my, my procedure in the GI doc was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this, but I'm almost 100% sure you have celiac disease. That my small intestine was basically like a slip and slide. There was nothing there. Right. So when I got that diagnosis, I was like, Aha, that makes total sense to me because, you know, he says, You know, you're one of these silent celiacs. I've never seen it before. Um, and I was like, Okay. So I've been celiac this whole time which is why I got the Hashimoto's. It's why I got the psoriasis. It's why I got the interstitial cystitis. I finally found this like first domino that fell. So, you know, he's got this look on his face. Like he's giving me the worst news ever (laughs) and telling me you're going to have to give up gluten. I'm like, done. Easiest thing you could have said to me. This is like, I was so thrilled when I walked out of there. Now I realize most people who get a celiac diagnosis they're coming at it from a totally different space because yeah. in my experience that's a huge shock and people tend to follow almost a grieving cycle where they go through period they go through a period of time where they're in denial and they they just can't even accept it for and that that's usually takes a couple of days for it to really sink in for them to go, okay, I've got this thing. Um, and then moving into this very difficult phase of longing for the life you had before lamenting nothing's ever going to be the same again it's incredibly isolating it can be depressing um folks can you know stop socializing push away um, friends and family stop getting joy from things that they they usually um participated in and then but but Then they move through this place where they start to get educated, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And the more they educate themselves and the more they surround themselves with a supportive community, now that's the bridge to that better life that's waiting, that glorious gluten-free life. And you finally get to this place where you look back and you go, oh my God, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so glad that I'm living this life now, right? Uh, But it, it can take a while. And everyone's different, so I recognize that my story is kind of a unicorn story. I was super happy to get my diagnosis, Um, but I I tell you, I I am so thankful for that journey, and I'm actually thankful that I didn't find a celiac disease earlier, even though probably would have been a better prognosis for me, because. My journey and the way that it played out has brought me right where I am, which enables me, I think, puts me in a position to um, really empathize with with women. And well, well I, I usually work with women, so and to be able to say, hey, you know, I've been there, and and um, I know the way out, and I've I've walked the path already, and it took me a long time, but I know the shortcuts, so we can get there faster. Let's go. And that's, that's kind of how, how I look at it.
0: Yeah. And well, it's kind of interesting that you talk about being, having silent celiac. So my dad, I'll share a little bit about, I guess my background. So in high school, my parents got a divorce when I was super young and I was living with my mom, my mom got custody and we were just bumping heads. We just could not see eye to eye. And I think for both of our safeties, it was best that we, we parted ways for a little bit. And so I went to go live with my dad, my dad, it was, um, he did pass away. So he was an occupational therapist and he worked with a lot of, um, patients it, with neuropathy and type two diabetes and things like that. And it's actually really cool. He did a whole bunch of research on red light therapy. This was years and years ago. Um, And so he was starting his journey into um, the natural health. So when I went there, it was around my 17th birthday. So for my well check, he sent me to a naturopathic doctor and, but we still and I laugh about this, but there was a pharmaceutical size, his brother is a, is a doctor as well. And so we had this pharmaceutical size of like penicillin, um, in, in the cabinet. So your throat scratchy here, take some antibiotics, like, you know, here, 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 you know? And that was my first introduction to supplements, holistic health, diet, nutrition, you know? And so I feel like my journey was made easy because I realized in high school how much nutrition is affecting your body. Um, and my dad, and and the reason I bring this up is because my dad would always react to dairy. Okay. Air quotes here, dairy, but it wasn't until he took out the gluten that he was no longer having issues with the dairy and he was able to eat dairy. Um, And so it's interesting sometimes how the body, it doesn't, it's not a one for one, right? It's not a, you eat dairy and you have a reaction, or in your case, you eat gluten and you have the typical digestive symptoms. It was manifesting in a different way. And I think, and I'm sure you can attest to this. Sometimes that's why it's important to work with practitioners to help you decipher what all of these things mean. Um, and with you, with Chinese medicine, being able to understand and look at the meridians in the body and why certain bodies might be in, or certain parts of the body might be inflamed and how that corresponds to organs and systems and, and things like that. So this is this is amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and and when it comes to gluten, I think that, um, unfortunately, it, it's still true today that most people think, OK, well, I don't have a problem with gluten because I don't get gas and bloating and diarrhea and abdominal pain. And they don't correlate that. Oh, that headache, you know, those headaches that I get um, are related to gluten or um, the skin issues that I have or or, you know, like in my case, the anxiety, the panic or the depression or um and what the research is telling us now is that the organ most impacted by gluten is actually the brain. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, it just makes sense that honestly, in my opinion, everyone with a panic disorder should be screened for gluten sensitivity and celiac disease. Um, And there, there are other triggers too, like women who, who are, you know, maybe have unexplained miscarriages or Mm. fertility issues, that's kind of a red flag for celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So, you know, gluten is really powerful protein and the adverse impact of it is systemic. So I just want, you know, your listeners to understand that just because you don't have digestive
0: complaints doesn't
1: mean that gluten is okay for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that was going to be my question. Does every, and maybe you can answer this very directly. Does everyone in your opinion with thyroid issues need to be gluten-free? Yes.
1: Okay. Yep. Short answer. And, and honestly, I, I I mean, I I would say any practitioner who tells you differently, um, they're just telling you what you want to hear. I mean, I, because the truth is that Number one, gluten causes a leaky gut in everybody. You don't have to be sensitive to it. That's one of the things that it does. It increases zonulin in the intestinal lumen. And zonulin is an enzyme that regulates these tight junctions between the cells of the, small, of the lining of the small intestine. And when zonulin goes up, those tight junctions get dysregulated and they, they are stuck open basically, um, allowing a lot of stuff to get through the gut, which shouldn't. And we call that leaky gut or hyperpermeability. That Mm -hmm. happens every time you consume gluten. I don't care who you are. So leaky gut is one of those first dominoes that falls when, when someone gets on the path to autoimmune disease, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're walking around eating gluten all day, your gut is leaky, you've just increased your risk for autoimmune disease. Okay, so now let's talk about the thyroid. So there is a lectin inside the wheat protein, it's called wheat germ agglutinin. It can dock basically on any tissue in the body. So it really likes the thyroid. So what it does is it gets through the gut lining because gluten's just giving you a leaky gut. Now this lectin gets into the bloodstream. It can go to the pancreas, the joints, the breast, the thyroid, the brain, Um, but it, it tends to go to the thyroid a lot. So it docks into the cell receptors on the thyroid gland. The immune system sees it and goes, wait a minute, that doesn't belong there and goes after it, starts to try and destroy that. Lectin, And when it does the surrounding thyroid tissue gets destroyed in the process and that's what we call autoimmune disease by collateral damage. So again, you don't have to be gluten sensitive to get Hashimoto's from wheat. Okay, so then the other thing that happens is the gluten protein itself has molecular mimicry with part of the thyroid tissue. Yeah. And so when it gets into the bloodstream, which it will, the immune system goes, wait a minute, that's a bad guy. So now the immune system is patrolling for gluten and it sees the thyroid tissue, which looks looks so much like the gluten protein, it mistakenly tags it as gluten. So now your immune system is attacking your thyroid gland because it thinks that it's going after gluten, but it's not so. That's why anyone with a thyroid issue, it's like gluten is so bad for your thyroid. There's just so many ways it can screw things up that it doesn't make sense. So even if someone's lab work, if I run a wheat zoomer, which is, which is what I run on people to look at um, their level of gluten and wheat sensitivity, if I run, if someone is consuming wheat and gluten and I run a wheat zoomer. And it's completely clean and negative, which has never happened, by the way. But let's just say it is. Let's say I found a unicorn who is not reacting to any part of the wheat protein. I would still tell that person, you have to eliminate it because it is so potentially dangerous for your thyroid and you already have a thyroid issue. It just does not make sense.
0: (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah. So let's, uh, we're getting towards the end of our time. And I want to talk about trauma and yeah. how that corresponds with thyroid. And I know I've shared some of my trauma, head trauma, neck trauma, all of those things in previous episodes, but I would love to hear from you about trauma and triggers when it comes to thyroid dysregulation.
1: Yeah. Well, from a Chinese medicine perspective, um, when we're talking about the root causes of disease, um, the fundamental root cause is always energetic. And so there's one rule. The rule is matter follows energy. So, you know, chi, which is your life force, that is the energy that runs through all the meridians and we absorb it from the environment. Um, and that has to flow in a certain way through all of the organs and tissues in order for the body to be in balance. So when there is disruption in that energy, ultimately that correlates with a disruption in matter. So matter follows energy. So there is basically, there is liver chi, right? And if there's a lot of dysfunction in your liver chi, eventually your liver, the actual organ will be impacted by that disruption in energy flow. So the primary the primary driver of how our energy flows in our body is our emotions. And that includes our trauma history. So when when we store emotions and trauma in the body, which we do as human beings, that is an energetic signal. It's, it's energetic information that over time impacts the actual matter of your body, the tissues and the organs. So this isn't thyroid specific, but it certainly is autoimmune specific for sure. And that's why You know, like when I work with women, of course, we work with nutrition and sleep and exercise and supplements and all of those things are super, super critical. But the most important thing, actually, the primary thing that allows all that other stuff to work is mindset and being open to releasing or processing trauma, limiting beliefs, um, negative patterns of ways of thinking and feeling that don't serve the body. A lot of a lot of negative or hurtful self talk, those kinds of things. Um, if you're not working on that, while you're doing all this other stuff in the world of matter, right, diet mm-hmm. and supplements mm-hmm. and all of that, um, you're not going to get the results that you want, because yeah. matter follows energy. So, if you really want to speed up your healing, Focus a lot of your energy on that energy medicine, right? So, yeah, I always recommend tapping to my clients because it's such a fast track to, to dealing with a lot of this stuff and getting a lot of um, these limiting beliefs and these energetic patterns out of the body without having to really process it intellectually right? It's a lot like giving yourself an acupuncture treatment. And the beauty of it is when you're dealing with acupuncture needles, or you're dealing with tapping, um, there's a wisdom inside the body, you don't have to know what you're working on, really, you don't have to, you don't have to understand what's going on with the energy flow. Once those needles go in, the medicine has nothing to do with the acupuncturist. The acupuncture is just, is just the vehicle, mm-hmm. right? The medicine is between you and the needles and it's your own body's wisdom. Same is true when you're tapping. Um, it's your own body's wisdom that is really clearing all of that emotional, energetic stagnation um, as long as you're doing the work consistently. So for anyone listening, if you're not familiar with tapping, go to the tappingsolution.com, um, download the tapping solution app on your phone, learn how to tap. It's an easy tool. I think of it as like, you know, the multi-purpose tool, like a like a um, Swiss Army knife. It's just good for everything. Right. Yeah. Um, Or if you can, if you can get regular acupuncture treatments, go find a community acupuncture clinic in your area where they offer affordable acupuncture treatments, Um, get two or three treatments a week. I mean, it's just, it's just a magical medicine that has a wisdom that far exceeds our intellectual capacity to understand it.
0: I have to agree with this on so many levels. For me, I feel like once I started in the mindset work, money, finances, business, personal development, um, just anything and everything in my life, that is when um, my health changed. And I remember, and I've told this story a million times, but I'm going to hammer this into everybody. My husband and I were, it felt like every single day he was coming home from work and I was like, you need to do this and you should do this and you need to. And, you know, I was putting all of the blame on him for life, not being quote unquote perfect. Now my husband is pretty close to perfect. Let me tell you. And I remember sitting on the bed, the kids are playing and we're having some kind of disagreement. And he just looked at me and was like, will you ever be happy? And I was like, in that moment, I was like, of course not, you know, (laughs) you know, but it was so triggering to me because I was like, he's right. Like I'm not happy. And that was the start of my pursuit in happiness. Yeah. Because growing up, I grew up with You know, a lot of trauma. I think a lot of us can agree with that. A lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of yelling and screaming and fighting and uncertainty and you know instability and uh, and all of those things. And for the first time in my life, I had stability, but I was creating my own drama around the things because I was attached to the drama that I was experiencing before, and so I had to take all of these steps to work on myself internally. I used a lot of journaling. I did use EFT, um, energy work, you know, and I've, I remember (laughs) I've told this story too, but I went um, to uh, like a conference and I took a class on trauma and they taught a trauma release technique and I did it. I was there for the experience and I Decided that technique was not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not like it. And, but for the listeners, sometimes you have to experience different yeah. modalities to kind of figure out what works for you. I love acupuncture. I remember one of the first times I did it. Um, he put the needle, I think it was like in my shin ish area. And I just remember feeling so much anger. I was like, get these needles out of it. Like, and I was like, what is this? Where is this coming from? And I kind of, uh, I had to allow myself to feel the anger. And then I was just like, I'm going to let go of it. I don't know (laughs) what it was or where it came from, but it brought up something. And I was ready to like punch somebody in the face. It was a good thing. Nobody was in there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and I'll tell you something really quick when I was in acupuncture school, you know, we needle each other and there's this one point, um, in, in the glute, like right, right on your butt cheek, basically that is super, super deep. So we use these seven inch needles, no joke. And, and you put the needle in and you're inserting it like probably four or five inches into the butt. Um, when it when it hit that point so it was my turn and my and my friend my colleague was needling me and i could feel the needle when it grabbed into the point i was just this huge like 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 the needle was just connecting was a really powerful thing and about 30 seconds later i just start to weep i mean mm-hmm. my my i'm just crying um silently just streaming tears i had no clue what was going on? I, I couldn't, it, w- it wasn't like I was having memories or there was, I had no conscious, you know, idea of why I was crying, but I could feel this real release and it was this deep, deep grief and sadness. So, and this happens in acupuncture. I've seen mm-hmm. it happen to patients over and over again, but boy, there was something stored deep in that acupuncture point that was released. So, and, and that's a beautiful thing. We don't have to know what it is
0: yeah. to get it out of the body. I, yeah, I absolutely agree. And that brings up another time where I, I was having acupuncture. That, this was the very first time and I'm laying there and I'm just, I'm crying and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm going to just let it come because yeah. I, at this point, I knew enough about emotions to let them come and to feel all of the feelings, yeah, and bless it, and you can release it, you know. Yeah, and didn't you feel lighter afterwards? I did, and yes, I, <laughs> it was actually really interesting. I was going through um, a really difficult experience with a family member at the time of that that specific event, and I was able to forgive the person. Oh, wow. So, you know, and there's certain things about that situation where I'm like, I hold on to it more for a protection of, I'm not going to get too close because, because I have to have some kind of boundary, mm-hmm. you know, but we are able to hang out and talk and, you know, do yeah. all of the normal things that we did before. And so I, you know, acupuncture, I think for me has been, I would say more powerful than EFT. Um, yeah. Only because I, I, in EFT, I have felt and seen shifts, but in acupuncture, it's like a complete and full release. of Correct.
1: Things. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is those is that most people can't afford to get acupuncture consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that acupuncture is practiced in this country, it's, it's very, um, kind of boutique spa oriented where, you know, 85 bucks, a hundred bucks a visit, something like that. So um, community acupuncture is different though. So there is an organization called the People's Organization of Community Acupuncture. You can Google that, go on their website. You can find a clinic in your area. These are gifted practitioners and whole mission is to provide acupuncture the way it's supposed to be provided, very, very low cost to everyone in the community who needs it, right, and that, and it's a group space, so it's not private, you get your own little room for an hour, no, you go into a group space, hang out in, in an easy chair, and just have the best nap of your life um, for an affordable cost,
0: yeah, (laughs) just let the magic happen, you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I did not know that. I mean, I use my HSA card, so yeah. we've been very blessed in, in having that option. So I'm going to check that out and see what's around me. So thank you. Yeah. It's, it's great. That's, that's the kind of acupuncture
1: I practice and um, I love it. It's, it's, it's
0: beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. In closing, sure. what other Is there any last nugget that you feel like the listeners need to know before we give them all of the links to contact you?
1: Sure. Well, I, I I think that, you know, anyone listening to your podcast is, is working on their health, right? Um, they've got thyroid issues and they're, they're interested in transforming and feeling better, um, Many of your listeners probably are DIYing their health, Yep. right? They're Googling their way to health, which is very difficult. So I would say, if you can afford private coaching, definitely look for a coach. Um, And in my mind, there's two kinds of coaches, the coaches that test and the coaches that guess. Um, The coaches that guess are super good guessers, they're, they're qualified, they've been through their programs, they're certified, they have a lot of clinical experience, but they're not working with the hard data that's specific for you. So Mm -hmm. if you want the most expedient way, look for coaches that are using functional lab tests and really have experience interpreting them. But unfortunately, a lot of women um, can't afford that level of, of consistent coaching. So I am very excited Um, I'm working with a colleague of mine, Paula Reed, um, who's also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And we're developing a free space for women. You don't have to have a thyroid issue, um, but women who are currently DIYing their health and not getting the results they want. And they, they really want access to quality expert coaching, but they can't afford the ticket price right? So um, I would say, go to my website, download my ebook. That will get you on the invite list. We're going to launch in May. We're going to have courses and challenges and actually free um, coaching office hours that people can sign up for little one-on-one sessions with us. So we just want to bring um, the quality of of one-on-one coaching to women without the price tag, to the best of our ability. So I'm super excited about that. And um, I would just say, keep your, you know, keep watch this space, right? And um, download that ebook and um, you'll get notified when we launch.
0: Amazing. That is awesome. So, where can people find you on social media and all of the places to learn more about you? Yeah. Um, my website is
1: morgannutrition.com. And across all social media, so Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm Whitney Morgan Nutrition.
0: Amazing. And
1: I see you also have a YouTube channel. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my YouTube channel, um, I do a couple of videos a month and they tend to be educational, um, sometimes about mindset, a lot of times about functional labs and nutrition and, and um, just, just different functional medicine concepts. So it's a great place to, uh, to go if you're interested in learning a little bit more about a topic. Um, but I always replay my YouTube videos on, um, Instagram and Facebook. So you can catch them there too.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Whitney. It was so fun. I feel like I was able to learn a few things and also make my own connections, which is super fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. I, I, I loved it and
1: had a great time and let's do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, everything um, will be linked up in the show notes. You guys can connect with Whitney um, when you're ready. All right, we'll see you guys on the next. Bye, everybody. Bye. Wait before you go.
1: Please subscribe.
0: If you found value in today's episode, leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews, pretty please.